Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. And I'm Ken Napsok. And today we are going to be taking a journey with Jar Jar. That's right. We're going to be diving deep into Jar Jar Binks. It's the Four Center Conversation 
you've always wanted us to have. And we're going to get to it here in a second. But before we do that, let's remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. And Joseph, we always have a force center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. That's right, and try to match the suggestion with the topic. And for books, you know, it's it can be hard for old Jar Jar out there when you're talking books, but we're going to recommend The Aftermath Trilogy by Chuck Wendig. Uh, of course, there's a great little Jar Jar interlude that we will be discussing, so we recommend Aftermath Trilogy. That's right. Do so by downloading your free audiobook today again at audibletrial.com slash force center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audiobook. And now, Joseph, let's take that journey with Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. So we thought this was the right time because uh, Ahmed Best is having a great moment in Star Wars. He is starring in the great show uh, Jedi Temple Challenge, uh, just bringing lots of uh, wit and wisdom as Kelleran Beck, a Jedi Master. So we wanted to continue that celebration of Ahmed Best and his work in Star Wars by taking a look back at Jar Jar Binks and maybe even, dare I say, a look forward at Jar Jar Binks, hopefully, someday, somehow. Uh, but first, we're going to start in the past. So, Ken, I want to start with, uh, I think we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but what are our initial feelings, and let's be honest, probably critiques about Jar Jar, uh, what were they back in the beginning, back in 1999? They, they were all for the point of view, for me, as a 22-year-old Star Wars fan that grew up in a different era and went into the theater with a lot of expectations and wasn't focused on, by the way, when things started, I, I was aware of Jar Jar. I think I, I even was kind of looking forward to Jar Jar in a, in a way. Uh, I, I liked what I'd seen in the uh, trailer, you know, the, the couple of little moments. I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is, this is, this is weird. I guess, so I'm, I'm being honest. I didn't have anything uh, super ready, uh, negative wise, uh, uh, in my in my weapons pack. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, early on, uh, the, the squeeze me. You and I both talked about that. Uh, me being a huge Wayne's World fan was like, whoa, what's going on? And so then it started to form. But this is all from the point of view of a of a 22 year old fan who did not have his expectations directly met, and that um, that affected my view on Jar Jar, some of the humor, some of the attempts of humor, which aren't Jar Jar specific. They're George Lucas specific, I think, because uh, there's some of it in uh, the original trilogy as well. And so that that's kind of my starting point there of, uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't on board with the concept of the character at the time. <laughs> that is, is a very kind and gentle way to say it. Of, uh, not on board with the concept of the character. Uh, yeah, I think everything you're saying is making a ton of sense. We've talked about it. A bunch of some of the expectations that uh, original trilogy uh, fans grew up with. I think especially if you're a kid, you see those movies young and you see the humor and maybe you even laugh at some of it in the original trilogy, but then particularly, you know, I'll speak for myself and for my generation growing up, you know, we wanted things that were gritty and that's what was cool. I mean, the Dark Knight came out and Watchmen came out and things got, you know, edgier. Uh, and there's that. And the, those were the moments that focused on in, in Star Wars with the cool powers of the Jedi and Sith Lords. We didn't know they were called Sith Lords before uh, before this <laughs> movie came out. Uh, we knew uh, Lord of the Sith, but we didn't know that's what it meant. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think then... <laughs> Jar Jar was just a complete and total left turn. If you were like Boba Fett, Bounty Hunters, Vader's, uh, like, <laughs> okie day is a real, real 
left turn. I think mm-hmm. that was difficult for people. I remember seeing Jar Jar on, I believe, the Vanity Fair cover and having a mix of uh, thrill and fear of like, ooh, wow, that's a really cool, really different design. Is it going to be wacky? <laughs> uh, and sure enough, it, it was wacky. And I did, uh, back in the day, struggle with um, with the comedy. Um, and, and again, the stuff that is particularly like excuse me, the stuff that is very much of this world. I think I also struggled with the tonal contrast within the Phantom Menace and Jar Jar represented like one end of that. And particularly when you get to the end of the film and it's cutting between all these different battles. And in some ways, there's kind of nothing cooler than the mall fight and Right. Maul looks so menacing and terrifying and you're getting into the, the Jedi possibly even dying and oh, no, a Jedi did die and you might be surprised if you didn't uh, read the back of the soundtrack. And then in contrast, you have this <laughs> this battle with this uh, cartoon rubber face character who, you know, is uh, hitting his uh, whatever's in his groin uh, mm-hmm. and uh, doing big takes to the camera, basically, uh, of groin injury mashed up right there with Maul. And I think all that stuff added up to focusing only on the concerning parts of Jar Jar. And for myself at the time, I think blinded me from appreciating what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that that's a good way to look at it there. And I think there's something to be said and this, and this go, and, and this is why any conversation about Jar Jar, and if you're four center fans, you, you, you probably know, like, we're going to take a look at this and have fun with it and go deep into the themes. That's what we love doing here. But I think you have to have this conversation of where it began. And I think where it began for, and I'm pointing the finger at like me and my generation of Star Wars fans. Uh, you're in that too, Joseph, of just that this became an, uh, a, a, a Jar Jar became a poster a creature, if you will, poster Gungan for what what didn't work in the prequels, which some of it might be uh, true from a certain point of view, but also it, that's completely not fair. And then from where that went and how it focused on the performer behind it, and then also Jake Lloyd and another, which became troublesome cases down the line. And, 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 and hopefully we can all look at ourselves and reflect on that, you know? So I think that was also part of it too, going back to the beginning. It was like, it was just easy to go. Yeah. The character that stepped in the poopy, I, that that's the evidence one of why I didn't like all, all of this, all of this. And that, I think that was just unfair to Jar Jar. Yeah. Yeah. I put a, way too much on, on poor Jar Jar's shoulders. Um, and I really uh, have appreciated uh, getting older and hopefully wiser and getting to hear from people who were kids when they saw it. And mm-hmm. I feel bad for uh, my lack of generosity to remember just because I grew up with Star Wars and I was now a young adult. That doesn't mean it was for me. You know, I think Star Wars meant means so much to people when new Star Wars come out, it's sometimes hard to have that generosity of spirit that it is for the generations uh, coming up behind you, too. So, you know, it delights me now to think while, uh, you know, you and I were, you know, wearing all of our black and, you know, mm-hmm. still, uh, you know, mourning the loss of Nirvana, <laughs> that there's a kid who's just like, Jar Jar's great. So fun, yeah. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So having that perspective is great. You and I are both now far more positive on Jar Jar. That's why we're doing uh, episodes like this. For you, when did your when did your Jar Jar turnaround begin? It started early, but didn't pick up till later. Um, and I got to tell you, you know, in in ninety nine into two thousand, 
uh, I had, you know, I've been moved, I'd been in LA about a year and a half or so. And, uh, my cousin at the time was seven, seven, eight ish. Um, and he didn't grow up to be a huge Star Wars fan and, and he's a young filmmaker. He actually works in uh, local, uh, politics here now. And we're just one of my, you know, we all have our, like, our favorite relatives. He's one of my favorites. And <laughs> but now he's, so here I'm 22, 23 already, you know, have a reputation as, oh, that, that's the guy that he's an adult, but likes Star Wars. So, um, I was babysitting my, my cousin was talking about it. He loved the Phantom Menace. He loved it. And that wasn't necessarily a surprise, right? Well, it's like, oh, you're seven, but here's, here's where it started. I couldn't in good conscience and I didn't, I couldn't take that away from him, him in those conversations. Right. I can't sit there with a seven, eight year old, uh, and they're like, well, yeah, I really like Jar Jar and me go, you're wrong. <laughs> and it took the, it took the ability to be negative away from me in those moments and started to make me look at the original pur purpose of, of a lot of star Wars, but as I said, the generational effect, which George was, was all about. So that's where it started. It didn't pick up right away. And then, you know, YouTube launches and there's viral videos on how bad these movies are. And, and it's easy to go down that path. It's easy to go down the path and miss what's there for all of these movies. And now I can start to see where it's there uh, for Jar Jar. And there's some pretty powerful things. And a lot of it ties into, um, you know, that Wendig thing we're going to talk about. It, it all kind of leads up to that for me. So anyways, it started that. It didn't take, it didn't take Joseph, but that's okay. Things change doesn't, always happen overnight and sometimes it can't happen overnight or sometimes it has to be in its own time and that was I, I i distinctly remember that it was in granada hills my uncle's house where i just i just knew i couldn't tell this seven-year-old kid he was wrong about jar jar binks you are a better uh person i i think uh, than you give yourself credit for because that that's that's big restraint <laughs> there because you know there was almost uh i would say like uh you know, it wasn't like, which character do you like, which didn't you? Oh, Jar Jar, interesting. Like, you would be roundly mocked by mm -hmm. your peers if you had said out loud, eh, there's nothing wrong with Jar Jar. <laughs> right, right, right. So the strength yeah. that you had to uh, to give that child uh, their joy and not <laughs> lean in and go, well, let me tell you why poopy humor is not appropriate. <laughs> so uh, yeah. you should be very proud. Um, yeah, I think for myself... Uh, uh, as I've talked about before, I, I had lots of critiques of uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones as it went on, but I watched Phantom Menace constantly. Uh, I I got the VHS, the deluxe one, the day it came out. I had a group viewing with friends, even though all of my friends had all the criticisms. We had done multiple comedy sketches, poking fun at it, uh, but we still all love Star Wars. And I, I kept just watching Phantom Menace, and I think there's this thing where you can kind of start to enjoy something ironically, right? So like, well, I don't think Jar Jar is actually good humor, but now I'm kind of enjoying it ironically. And then eventually just a lot of the irony just kind of slipped away from me and just like, well, now that I don't have this strong gut reaction that that, you know, quote unquote, isn't Star Wars um, mm -hmm. or the comedy that belongs in Star Wars, I just started actually enjoying it more like the squeeze me thing will always be weird for me um but there are a lot of beats of jar jar in the phantom menace that i legitimately enjoy at this point and and we'll we'll talk about uh, those as well but i think that's where it began for me of not even any like i woke up one morning and i suddenly loved jar jar the impossible had happened it was more just the slow attrition of just spending time with the movie and the character 
in just uh, enjoying, you know, what kids could see uh, when, which I couldn't through my uh, fractured point of view at the time. And then I think uh, for, for bigger stuff that we'll talk about in, in uh, the rest of this episode about why Jar Jar is in the movie, what his, the themes and ideas he's carrying with him. I think I saw them and was like, yeah, those are some nice messages. Great. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I didn't value them. You know, I saw them. I was like, yeah, I get it. The Gungans are like the Ewoks. The, the, there's all these themes. I get it. I get it. It wasn't that I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. It was that it took me a long time to value it. And I think that's partially because mm-hmm. of life experiences. And I think it's partially because of connecting all of the different ideas of Star Wars in, in realizing that, you know, Phantom Menace is doing a lot of heavy lifting on some of the most optimistic and, and kind themes in the Skywalker saga and starting to do force center and really digging deep was when I really appreciated Jar Jar for all of the value he brings to Phantom Menace. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. As you're, as you're talking and, 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 and talking about loving things, ironically and everything, as you're talking in my hand, I'm holding my Jar Jar Phantom Menace action figure. <laughs> That's what I, you know, I got, I got the Yoda in the chair. I got, I found this in, in some older storage, um, that I uh, haven't had for like 10, 12 years. And I own it, right? I own this. Yeah. You bought that on purpose. I bought that. And you had to resist the urge to tell a child it was dumb. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But it's in my hands because it was a part of Star Wars for me. And that's an interesting thing of of part of the journey too. And and you can latch on to things. And when I talk about the poster Gungan for some of the prequel, you know, you know what is it? Uh, was it the South Park movie before they before the Phantom Menace ever even came out? They glommed onto that part from the trailer of you know used to say people going to die and they put it in the movie and a great and it's a fun moment. And then it's just easier to go for that joke. That's what you know. That's that's a wonderful, powerful scene. By the way, just yeah. watch, just rewatch Phantom Menace this morning. That's a great scene between Amidala and and Jar Jar, which their relationship is pretty important to uh, a lot of things in stores anyways but it's just easier to look at that and go right oh yeah we used to say people gonna die <laughs> snicker 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 so yeah easy. it's so easy to stop there yeah it's so easy to just see it uh absolutely on the surface and with the first thought and not uh, dive uh deeper and not not have a uh, imagination for for what could be there um so let's let's dive into that uh the moments and the beats that we enjoy with jar jar what are your favorite moments with Jar Jar in the Phantom Menace and are any of them his explicit comedy beats? Um, I, I actually like the Jar Jar at the dinner table scene with the tongue, um, which is of all the overtop uh, broad humor in Phantom Menace, that, that, that's definitely in that buck, but I don't think it is as broad as you would think. Um, I didn't, first of all, that's kind of me at the dinner table, so I'm, I sometimes <laughs> grab my tongue. Um, I just kind of like it. I like that it, it speaks to the, the just... Uh, not simplicity as if Jar Jar is a, a, a um, less intelligent creature. In fact, he has that conversation with Quaggan up top about, hey, hey. Um, but it's just kind of like he's got a, a good attitude towards, he's like, cool, there's some stuff going on. We got a meal in front of us. Let's eat. Let's have some fun. I like that. <laughs> I really do. Um, uh, I like some of the battle stuff. Um, I like the quick shot of him and it's funny as i'm talking i also got my captain tarples figure it's in my hand now as well <laughs> uh at the beginning of that battle uh towards the end i like there's a shot of jar jar where he is strong and brave and doing something he's not comfortable with and i yeah. love that moment 
Anna, and we'll, we'll probably dive into it more. So I won't talk about it too much here, but the moment I just mentioned the, you know, infamous, we, you says uh, people are going to die scene is so well played. It's some of Ahmed's best um, Jar Jar moments. And it is a proud, very proud uh, in the best possible sense of that word, uh, a person of this culture saying, yeah, we're going to die. Well, we, we won't die without a, at a fight. And even though you don't come to terms with us or, or see us uh, in the right way, we, we, we're not going to go quietly into the night. And I know that about my Gungan people. And I think that's a great moment because, because Padme, she isn't, God, she isn't, she isn't. It's so a testament to her and her, their connection. She isn't like, Ooh, wait, so we got some, uh, wait, we, we can trick you into fighting with us. Yeah. We got some cannon fodder. Yeah. yeah. She's like, no, no. Yeah. You're right. We got to bridge that gap. Cause we're, we're, we're together and it's, oh, it's a good moment, man. It's a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I definitely do want to dive into that uh, connection between Jar Jar and Padme, but I'm, I'm really yeah. glad you brought up that scene because I think that scene is uh, for me, one of Jar Jar's best moments. Uh, it, it is about that empathy and that connection, but uh, the, I just love that he is, you know, he is this symbol of, of kindness and up to a point uh, innocence. And he is truly, concerned because because Amidala is concerned and he's built this uh bond with her uh through empathy and kindness and and you're right the delivery there is great uh on that and then the, the delivery of the pride of his people of the no we, we've got a, we've got an army we've got a grand mm -hmm. army you know mm -hmm. uh, that's all great um some Jar Jar moments uh, that lean more toward the comic that I've come to really appreciate. I love when he walks in and sees all the droids and just says hello boyos <laughs> yes they all turn their uh, droid heads. Um, this is the kind of uh, the comedy that I sort of uh, struggled with younger. But there's a very quick moment when he's picking up the pit droid and it kicks him in the crotch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so fast and it's so mm -hmm. cruel. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love, I love it, the droid humor. So, yeah. Good. Yeah, it's 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 great stuff. And I'll go with you with the dinner scene, too. You know, a lot of his comedy really is that he is... Um, the ultimate uh, fish out of water doesn't mean any harm, but is clumsy mm -hmm. and, and either doesn't know the rules or forgets the rules. And yeah, well, he's just eating. He doesn't mean to be rude. Yeah. Um, and, and there's something uh, really powerful about that. Uh, mm -hmm. Another line that just Jar Jar beat that sticks in my head is he's trying to be a good bomb bad general. Mm -hmm. uh, it, when he's like, steady, steady. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, much like stay on target, I think gets stuck in a lot of people's head uh, mm -hmm. every once in a while uh, when I'm trying to make sure I'm, I'm doing things right. I think steady, steady, like Jar Jar. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, uh, the, the maxi big, the force is, is a great mm -hmm. line. And um, that sequence, I actually really love as broad as, especially in the beginning of the movie, right? Jar Jar is playing pretty broad. I love that he is like pissed at Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. He's just like, what are, you, what are you talking about? We're not in trouble. Like, you yes. <laughs> yes. That is one of the, that's one of the first lines that I found myself, you know, watching on VHS and like, I just, I just sincerely laughed at Jar Jar. Yeah. Right. So you'll be thinking we're in trouble. Yeah. I think it's that one. It's <laughs> great. I love that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is moments uh, uh, where I think the intent of him is Luke is pulling from all of these early to uh, middle 20th century uh, 
stories in film and genres in film and there are elements of Jar Jar that is just such a classic uh, silent film, early talkie uh, comedian. And mm. it's in he is the comedy of just a a person in trouble. He's the comedy of Three Stooges and sometimes, you know, Laurel and Hardy or even, you know, the Marx Brothers were just like everywhere he goes, chaos falls and everything is falling down all around him. And I love that moment from just the like that moment of, of comedy being about somebody being in deep trouble and just screaming, we're in trouble. Yeah. Um, yeah. Last yeah. one for me, because apparently we could go on and on. I just like the turn of phrase of a, it's a long Otello. Uh, that also feels like something that I could use in, in real life for myself. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, got it. Yeah. We could, uh, uh, morning munching, whatever, he, when he talks about <laughs> breakfast. I've said, I've used that in my life. Yeah. Brisky morning munching, I think. Yeah. Brisky morning munching. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's, let's dive into, um, some of the big themes about what Jar Jar's journey is in the Phantom Menace and kind of what meaning it carries with it for Jar Jar for the Phantom Menace and larger Skywalker saga. When we meet Jar Jar, we basically uh, discover that he's been exiled for being clumsy. Let's just start there because you can just read that as a, yeah, it's a joke. He knocks stuff over. So he's been thrown out. But what does that actually tell us about Jar Jar's life and about his relationship with the community <laughs> and his uh, people in Gungan society that he has been exiled for being clumsy. I mean, something happened, right? We, we talk about 3PO and R2 melting the princess's chambers on Hoth. Well, Jar Jar <laughs> did something. Here's what I, I kind of think and why I always kind of took took up from it. Uh, I don't know the, the exact age of Jar Jar or the exact, like, era of his life this would be in terms of gungan years i don't know how, how, how long they live but i it, it is that guy who maybe finished high school went to community college and then just kind of hadn't found his purpose yet and kept getting in trouble and kept disappointing people and kept uh, hurting and unintentionally those around him and and was looking for something bigger and better but he still he he maybe couldn't be captain tarples you know he could look i can't be that I can't be boss Nass. And he's trying to find out who he is and where he is. And he just hasn't found his way yet. He's not quite a ne'er-do-well, a ragamuffin around town. But you know that guy, we, we, we even had those friends where you're just like, hey, man, you're going you're gonna to find yourself. Right now you keep making some mistakes, maybe got yourself in some trouble, but there's a path to redemption once, once you find your purpose. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it gives me just kind of great empathy for Jar Jar. I think that's a great description and connecting it to real world some uh, ideas that uh, that Jar Jar, he is, you know, he legitimately is clumsy, but he also has this like sense of discovery and he's excited and he, you know, he, he sees things and he's curious or hungry and he grabs them and uh, you, you can see how those things would be disruptive yeah. <laughs> to a society. But you also can just be like, well, those are those aren't inherently bad traits uh and then you know it, it it paints a picture of him as an outcast somebody who's trying to do the right thing trying to way, find a way to fit in and being uh, relatively severely punished for it or punished yes yeah um i go go ahead no i just um respect for your boss nas uh reference <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you uh i did a deep dive on something that i had never bothered in all of my years of watching The Phantom Menace and loving Star Wars, of 
trying to figure out exactly what it is that Jar Jar tells Obi-Wan that he did because he's got the real clear d- delivery of uh, I was banished for, for being uh, clumsy. Mm. And Obi-Wan asks for some follow-ups and uh, uh, Jar Jar talks about uh, booming the casser <laughs> <laughs> and, cr- and uh, cra- uh, crashing the boss's hay blibber. <laughs> do so these are like full, full Jerry Lewis words uh, that uh, Jar Jar has done. I looked it up on Wikipedia. The gasser is an oven. So what we're being told is he blew up an oven mm. and an, a hay blibber is some sort of submarine. So he blew up an oven and crashed a submarine. See, see, he was trying to cook some food, do nice by others, maybe help Boss Nass. I don't know. And it yeah. spiraled out of control. He's looking for purpose. Yeah. I mean, I'd never, I had never done that uh, deep dive mm-hmm. research. And to me, it does actually, it, it makes Jar Jar funnier to me because I always thought of him being clumsy as, oh, he knocked some dishes over. Or maybe he accidentally, you know, poked someone with some sort of a electro staff or whatever. But to know that, he did actual extremely dangerous things yeah. like blowing up an oven and crashing a submarine. Uh, it's delightful uh, because it makes his clumsiness almost more dangerous, which creates yeah. this great contrast between this sort of lovable outcast fool and the sheer volume of destruction he's capable of. Yeah. Well, just yeah. immediately becomes funny to me. And, and, and that tracks with his career path. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I learned a lot by looking up Hey Blibber. Uh, so Jar Jar gets swept up in the adventure of the Jedi and uh, Padme. And initially, he is looked down upon by Obi-Wan and to a lesser degree, I would argue, Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. So uh, what do you think that tells us about uh, the Jedi and who they value and why? Well, I think it is the beginning of uh, Lucas' statement on the Jedi. Uh, particularly with Qui-Gon, who I, I think we all can agree is a pretty darn good Jedi and has a good handle on things. I think a little bit he's caught in the moment. He's busy. This uh, creature was in his way and he's introduced to him. But I, I mean, I'm definitely want to focus a little bit on, on Obi-Wan where I, I got to be honest, I kind of see looking back now, this is something um, going back to Carl Weathers talking about the Mandalorian and Star Wars speaks to you when you need it in your 20s. You're just not listening. Um, I kind of see Obi-Wan as myself or my generation looking at this going, Oh, what is this horrible thing? And not seeing what's in front of you and not seeing the value and just kind of being caught up in your own BS. I don't need this. What is this? This isn't me. This isn't my journey. Uh, what, 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 what is this trouble carries on with Obi-Wan with even with Anakin and everything there. Someone's a character, but I, I'm going back to the beginning of it there. Uh, um, and, and I kind of see, I kind of see, Dare I say the fandom in Obi-Wan's view of Jar Jar? Ooh, I think that is a great take. I think there's much about Jar Jar uh, that becomes uh, meta very quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. I love everything you're saying. I, I, there, it's somebody who really loves Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. To see him in this his first film, he's he is a complete character, and this is the beginning of his arc. So there's a part of me that feels like, well, I, I want to resist that. He can't be that big of a jerk, but this is the beginning of his arc. And I try to have empathy for Obi-Wan and think about why yeah. he thinks that way, why he, uh, you know, think why we picked up another pathetic life form, straight up calling Jar Jar a pathetic yeah. life form. Uh, the way it makes sense to me is Obi-Wan is a good Jedi who follows the rules. 
and he just wants to be the best Jedi he can be. And he has been, you know, raised uh, since basically birth to be serious minded and to do your best to have a mastery of yourself and situations and to be in control. Right. Um, and he, he sees this, this uh, being who doesn't seem to have those same aspirations at all, right? Who's just kind of uh, clumsy and wandering around and not paying enough attention to their environment and not listening super well and all of these things. And it makes sense to me, storytelling from that perspective of mm-hmm. Obi-Wan values other beings who are really trying to be their best. And he doesn't initially see that in Jar Jar. And he is judgmental. And then, of course, I think uh, learns and grows and becomes... Uh, a better and more caring Jedi. Yeah, no, that's, I, I'm really on board with that. And, and going to go back, what I was talking about earlier about this, this person trying to find his way that you, you could sometimes encounter those people and you might be have empathy in the moment, help them grow. Or you might just be like, ah, I, I'm not here. I'm not going to help you get to the next level. Uh, and, and Obi-Wan probably comes around on that. But yeah, I think, I think that, that definitely, I like, I like that view of Obi-Wan in the situation. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and to me, it's a part of that Jedi story of them being uh, a little cocky about them being like, well, our way is the right way to, you know, mm-hmm. take things very seriously and and really value mastery. Uh, but that can that's those are great and noble goals for yourself if you choose them. Right. But they can slip into devaluing others because not everybody needs to be like you kind of thing. Yeah. And it also I mean, because you know, Obi-Wan gets the big picture he gives the good you know your symbiote circle don't you get it speech and i think we all can have that higher level of understanding of the bigger concepts but sometimes when it's down on a on on the surface level one-on-one with 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 people uh, or or situations in front of you like you still might have to apply your own knowledge apply what you you know uh and i turn it into real world wisdom there and i think that's part of obi-wan's journey there qui-gon gets it early you know it might be a little bit of a well we do need a pilot um but i also think he's he's on board he he, he sees it a little earlier that there's there's uh, the cosmic force or living force or the force is just kind of putting some help in front of you yeah yeah no i love that those beats um with qui-gon and, and it is a little bit more nuanced of this picture of uh a Jedi who is a little bit more in touch with the the now, the living force of that. Uh, Jar, he runs into Jar Jar. Their fates become intertwined. Uh, we know that Qui-Gon believes nothing happens uh, by accident. Um, obviously, uh, he is not seeing Jar Jar as the chosen one. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but their paths have crossed, and Jar Jar asks for help, and he treats him with respect, right? And, and treats him that he is just as valuable as everybody else. And I like the picture that kind of emerges as he sees Jar Jar as oh, absolutely that may, he has he has knowledge uh, he has you know feelings uh, let let me treat him with respect. Also, you're still getting on my nerves. <laughs> Stop <laughs> lashing the tongue out at the fruit. Uh, and I think there's something about that that's just kind of like an honest picture of just because he sees Jar Jar as a sentient being with value, he sees him with kindness and empathy. Doesn't mean that he might not also get annoyed. Yeah. I want him to grow. <laughs> yeah. He wants to help them, help him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're getting into some of the things that you and I both uh, touched on already, but I want to dive a little bit deeper. Uh, I feel like for me, rewatching the Phantom Menace, spending a lot of time with it. I feel like these stories of empathy 
of being able and willing to listen to one another. And uh, particularly, we talked a lot about uh, Shmi's wisdom of, you you say the biggest problem in the universe is that no one helps each other. Um, I'm really affected by how much Padme and Jar Jar just actually take turns listening to one another, Mm -hmm. uh, starting with um, Padme saying early on, you're a Gungan, aren't you? And once you know a little bit more of the story and revisit that moment, she could have just had her preconceived notions about what a Gungan is. And the fact that she just seems to have curiosity and he, and that's when he opens up and goes like, well, yeah, it's been having a hard day. It started okay with a brisky morning munching, but I got very, very scared. And they, they immediately bond because she just approaches him with curiosity and empathy. Um, It's so powerful. I'm telling you, man, this is why I love doing stuff like this on Force Center. What you're saying is so true. It's um, we've talked before because of the Phantom Menace, because of how it was made and, and presented and how George decided to to tell his story. Um, it's overlooked that the Trade Federation is doing bad things to the people of Naboo. <laughs> that is often <laughs> forgot. There's dialogue about we might not have a people or culture or world. That's one of the reasons Padme goes back. That's why they're fighting. There is probably death, catastrophic uh, 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 torture, death, and all those kind of things that C.O. Bibble saying that record- recording. It's not a good thing going on down there. We only see uh, pr- process them and all those kind of things that we kind of poke fun at at the prequels or get just get lost on the surface. Uh, Padme is saying you're a Gungan, right? She's raised on the boo in, 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 in a higher class, and you you got to You can't tell me that she hasn't been at the dinner table, and then some Nabiri relative is like, "Oh, those those dirty low life Gungans." You know, she's yeah. got to be raised on that. That's the problem. That's why Boss Nass is like, "Yeah, we're over here. You're on your own. You you think you're so big and so mighty. We're, we're over here. I love Boss Nass." And so in that moment, that's not a that's not a small moment, Joseph, for her to be like, "Oh, you're one of the creatures I've been told to look down upon and maybe hate my whole life." Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interact with you with open arms and eyes and hearts. That's I'm sorry. That's pretty powerful. Pretty yeah, big. and it's the it's and I think. For me, it is the beginning of uh, the the healing of the symbiont circle uh, because yeah. we see uh, her treat Jar Jar with empathy, and then eventually we see that that scene that we're talking about where he is, you know, asking after her of you know, mm-hmm. use of people gonna die, and he's worried about her. Do do you think do you think that Jar Jar has that level of empathy? Because Padme reached out, or or do you think that is just in Jar Jar's nature to be kind and empathetic? I think it's in his nature. Hello, Boyos indicates that to me. Um, <laughs> the line is uh, that's a, that's a, that's an indicator to me. But I also think it's it's look what she's doing. Oh hi, hey, you're one of those Gungans. Uh, okay, let's 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 have a good moment here. Versus, you know, insults. <laughs> Qui Gon, I love Qui Gon. We love Obi Wan. Look what he's faced. Look what he's used to facing. And here she is approaching it a different way. And so in this particular instance, Jar Jar's like, yeah, I'm going to meet you on that level because this is, this is nice. (laughs) I don't get this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's something about him feeling like plunged into larger events because it seems like, well, he's just, you know, he knows his, his culture and his civilization and he's trying to find a place in it and it's not going well. And he finds himself, in this weird big adventure and then 
understanding that the seeing the Naboo as people, not just as Padme, but knowing that, oh, the the Naboo aren't just the others to me now, too. They're they're mm-hmm. suffering. Hmm. Yeah. It's terrible. And, and, you know, has kindness and empathy. It's so nice. Um, so Jar Jar ends up bringing the Naboo and the Gungans together. He mentions the army. Padme uh, comes up with the plan. Uh, Jar Jar is willing to help find the Gungans so they can even have a discussion. Uh, so he really ends up being the, the key link to uh, Padme and the Gungans working together in the big climax of the Phantom Menace. How do you feel about Jar Jar and the Gungans decision to fight i think it's really moving again when you break it down and look at it uh, as just a, a part of the star wars story i think the the coming together of the 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 new naboo people and the gungans is is uh it's a bit of a feather in, in a cap for padme but it doesn't happen if boss nass first of all it doesn't happen if she doesn't her and Jar don't have that re- relationship uh as, as as friends and and partners in this war but um I think it's a pretty interesting and uh, and also powerful moment. A lot of powerful moments here at the Gungans. That Boss Nass is like, okay, yeah, decades, maybe generations of problems between us and uh, us not working together. And I think without going into any details, we don't know them in story, in the Star Wars story. The Gungans probably have good reason to be like, go ahead and F yourself over here in sacred place. All right. But for, for Padme to do her part and to have this idea as a queen that we need to do this enough is enough. We need to go work with them and they need us. We need them. But for boss Nass and the Gungans to be like, you know what? We accept, we forgive. We're not necessarily going to forget. We'll work on that, but we're going to do this together and we're going to earn that peace orb. I like that moment a lot. It says a lot about Jar Jar and the Gungans and boss Nass. Yeah, and I think the the whole sacred place scene is one that I, you know, I, I comprehended it. Uh, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is about working together. This is about showing you don't think you're better than someone and then they'll help you. And I felt like, yeah, I, I get it. Those are good values, you know, but eh, kind of service level. I think when you dive into, you know, what it means for the larger view of Star Wars, the idea of, you know, the force that we're all we are all connected in the force that we are luminous beings that that uh, we really depend on one another. It starts to become this larger idea. And when you pay more attention to Phantom Menace, those lines that you were talking about that just kind of uh, can just go by you because you're thinking about the beat before where like the um, the Nimodians, the Trade Federation has captured the Naboo and they're doing horrible things to them. People are suffering and dying. That's real. And that's not good enough. They want complete control of the planet. So they are hunting the Gungans. And when you really look at that, uh, I think Phantom Menace wants to have a lighter touch on the horror, but that's the story is that both of these two great peoples, the Naboo and the Gungans are both experiencing horror. And for them to be able to go, all right, we're not going to just give in to anger and and fight one another. We're going to put our past aside and work together. It becomes powerful because when you look at that in any sort of even close to real world terms, that's really hard for us to do, to say, you're right. We are both suffering. We will not get anything out of it by being angry with one another. Let's work together to end our mutual suffering so we can have mutual benefit yeah yeah we all need yeah. to go to that sacred place 
That's right. We need to go to the sacred place and show some respect to Boss Nass. And none of it is possible mm. uh, without uh, Jar Jar in his themes of uh, empathy and, and kindness. Uh, so we go on to uh, Jar Jar's actual success in battle. Mm. So he, he, does, uh, he does some comedy, but he does actually successfully tank out uh, many droids and some tanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is what is his power uh, that is getting him through this? Is it uh, the power of the force? As some people think, is it just sheer luck? Is it the power of comedy? What makes Jar Jar successful in battle? Uh, I think it is the power of purposeful comedy. Yes, uh, the of purposeful bumbling. Yeah, I I think I, it's interesting to me that you researched a little bit of what caught, got him kicked out of uh, Odagunga. Uh, his clumsiness has uh, a danger to it. <laughs> so it's not out of character. I'm saying that with a little bit of tongue in cheek, a little bit of laughter. Yeah, there's some of these moments in here that I actually, I, I've said, Jaja used the Booma a lot in my life, okay? Um, I, I actually kind of like when he takes it. That tank does a cool thing in the dirt. I, I've always kind of liked a little bit of that moment. Oh, yeah. Uh, but going back to what you and I were both talking about, the shot of him ready to fight, the shot of him saying steady steady now which shows some growth i give jar jar a big check in the box for being there and being in the battle and being in in the position to do something um did he choose to do it and i know you can go down that path of uh screenwriting 101 and you and i talked about it's very important to show actions in fight scenes or, or to show what the character does it's done very well in mandalorian but guess what that's part of his character he's a he's a he's a bumbling guy who means well and his uh, stumbles and bumbles come with a price if you're on the other side of it. Yeah, yeah, and well said, well said. Yeah, I like, I, it is sheer bravery, right? Um, the Gungans, all the Gungans deciding to fight, it can, they even pointed out, like they have pointed out in the movie of like, well, there's a good good plan, Qui-Gon says, but many Gungans could die. And they're like, yeah, we're, we're doing this. We agree with his plan. It's our planet too. We're, we're in danger as well. We're doing it. Uh, and then Jar Jar, the bravery it takes to be on the front lines when he clearly doesn't have the skills to be in the front lines is both funny, <laughs> darkly yeah. funny, and also, yeah, a testament to just bravery and, and that he is, yeah, he's an outcast. He's uh, clumsy, doesn't quite fit in, but his heart is in the right place and he has such bravery to be there. Um, and then I really do just like the idea that uh, that clumsy can be a superpower that yeah. if you let him loose, uh, he will knock enough things over that uh, some some <laughs> uh, droids are going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and we get this kind of great full circle where his his flaw that got him kicked out uh, that he is destructively clumsy uh, turns into a strength at the end there. Yeah. Hey, it's it's if you're speaking to kids, the thing that you you know that might thing you might. Uh, might not like about yourself or the thing that might uh, cause problems with others. Uh, you know, you can, you can reshape that form it and it can become your strength. I mean, you just said it there and uh, you know, there you go. There you go. Take notes about Jar Jar. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Think about clumsy as a superpower as we take a quick break and then we'll be right back to discuss the rest of Jar Jar's journey in Star Wars.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. 
Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138. Hey, Four Center fans, don't forget Four Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series, encore presentations of Databank Brawl, and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Forcing on YouTube. Check it out. of Jar Jar Binks, Lisa Mack. Uh, so let's jump forward. We talked a lot about Jar Jar in The Phantom Menace. That is really the uh, the quality time that we spend with him on the big screen. Uh, but he's got some more big screen and a lot of little screen in The Clone Wars. So let's dive into that. Uh, ten years later, of course, in Attack of the Clones, Jar Jar is now Representative Binks. He works with Senator Amidala and Jar Jar makes the fatal mistake of proposing the Senate give Palpatine emergency powers. Uh, Want to talk about that in detail, but first, just uh, what was your general take on Jar Jar in Attack the Clones? When you when you saw that he was there but had a reduced role, were you like, yes, this is appropriate? Uh, what, what was your reaction? I'll tell you, first of all, uh, I enjoyed when... Um Anakin and Obi-Wan show up and Jar Jar's very happy. <laughs> I thought that's I even then was like, that's a fun moment. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think at the time, like, look, I get it. Like, I, I get it. Um I don't I don't know, and maybe someone can point to me to some specific um articles, interviews, behind the scenes knowledge. I don't know if Lucas was just like, fine, fine. I think George, when if he wants to do something, he'll do it. So I think he felt this is the way the story had to go. I do think that is, you know, the decision to put a lot of um, the Palpatine stuff on Jar Jar uh, has maybe some meta kind of like, all right, oh, you think he he destroyed everything? Well, get this again. I don't have an interview in mind where George admits that, but it definitely in the theater read like that. I'm not saying that. I'm not even saying that's accurate. I just coming out of it, you're asking my opinion. That's what I felt at the time. Like, yeah. George is telling us all that's what he did. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, for me, I really like Jar Jar in Attack of the Clones uh, because he had, you know, some presence. He did. He had a pivotal role, uh, but he wasn't, you know, it felt like he had grown that he was still Jar Jar and he was still going to make mistakes and say, you know, weird, funny things like Delo Felligates. But I felt like the comedy was toned down so i enjoyed that and yeah it was it was interesting to feel like is this just naturally where the story is going or is this a rare moment of lucas responding to criticism i believe there are articles uh, or interviews with uh ahmad best suggesting that there was uh at least the possibility of a different path for jar jar at one point um i would have to refresh myself to to speak with any 
clarity on that, but I think it's an interesting thing to ponder. But he does have some great moments in uh, Attack the Clones. Uh, my last viewing, I just I really enjoyed <laughs> when Anakin is so uh, surly about Padme's reaction to him. I mean, he's like, you know, she barely even remembered me, Jar Jar. <laughs> and just born his broken heart out to, uh, to Jar Jar. And, and also just the contrast of like, I've dreamt of her every night for 10 years. Oh, you're here too, Jar Jar. Cool. Uh, anyway. I think you gotta be a set old school buddy. And even though you haven't seen each other in years, you pick up on, uh, and whatever happened to that old crush? What did she do? Uh, she, oh, she got, she, she's married. She lives in town. She's a dental hygienist. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. And you just pick up the old conversations right where you left off. Right where you left off. Yeah. But I do like how happy uh, Jar Jar is uh, to see Anakin. And I do really like what it represents that he's representative Binks, right? Because it, yeah. it makes that story that we talked about in The Phantom Menace of the Gungan and the Naboo coming together, not just this happy little oh well we solved our problem and we went on our way you get this picture of like no it is it's important that we both live on this planet we should all represent it and move forward that way yeah i would love a little bit to know a little bit more of that history again i haven't looked at it so maybe there's some stuff out there that's canon stuff maybe there's even some legend stuff i don't know but that to me is another pretty important moment of of a full representation for the planet and uh, for Jar Jar to to come out of where we last saw him and 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 ascend to that position and and find some purpose. Going back to some of the stuff we were saying earlier, I, I think that's a pretty cool moment too. Just just in title alone on paper, good job, Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So let's get into Jar Jar's big mistake jar jar's big manipulation uh how do you feel about this uh, storyline that this was a long-term plan of palpatines to uh create this crisis with the separatists to aggravate it to the point where people feel like oh yes we need an army because the the separatists have an army and they're gonna attack us and all he needs now is uh, a dupe to suggest giving him emergency powers and he, he targets Jar Jar. How do you feel about that whole story? I, I feel uh, great about it. And as much as you can feel great about one of Palpatine's evil plants, this is kind of what he does. Again, I don't think, does he set out um, early on before Phantom Menace? Like, okay, what we need is a Gungan that rises to power. And then, no, no, no. <laughs> Along the way, he adapts when he needs to. And there's this distraction. Either he wants Padme dead maybe that works number one right or maybe it is kind of a big kerfuffle and she's elsewhere or she her energies are focused elsewhere and 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 by now he's been around jar jar plenty to know mm -hmm. that we've got someone whose instincts are to help that hello boyos is still there he's just got a, a more formal robe and title so he's still going to want to do good and that, palpatine is a master manipulator so he gets in his head Massa Maid is there too. I mean, with that very heavy-handed, if only we had someone. Well, and uh, you know, Jar Jar is going to be like, is this a moment for me to do good? Because that's his goal in life is just to do good. He's already bridged some gaps. Maybe he can do some more. I yeah. It's bad. I don't fault him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, I think he so wants to do a good job. There's that very short scene with, 
Padme where she's telling him that she's going to leave and she's going to let him, you know, be in charge, basically. And he starts saying, I take this on with muy, muy humility. And then she's kind of got that sort of jokey, Jar Jar, I'm, I'm sure you have plenty to do. <laughs> uh, but he's trying his best to be Padme, right? He's trying to do what Padme would do and make the right choices uh, like a, a savvy and wise leader. Uh, and they play on not just his kindness, but exactly that of, oh, if only uh, Padme was here. And um, you could think that, well, Jar Jar should be aware that Padme was really, really trying to de-escalate. That's why she came back to vote against forming an army. But the information that came in since then was, uh, hey, the Trade Federation, remember those people who attacked Naboo and slaughtered many of your people? Uh, it turns out they're in league with the Separatists. So to me, it makes sense that Jar Jar would go, oh, well, yeah, we need to stop. We need to stop those guys and defend the Republic. And and if otherwise people are telling me that's what Padme would do, yeah, I'll do that. That that tracks. So I feel like I think there's a lot going on in his manipulation. Right. Yeah. And it's not fair to throw the blame on him. You know, again, he makes it makes the decision. I understand it, but. Palpatine's pretty darn good at this. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let me ask you that question. Would you or I do better in Jar Jar's position? I cannot say that I would, sir. <laughs> I do not have the resolve and intestinal fortitude of Padme. And I'm not saying Jar Jar lacks those as well. He did fight in a big battle. I'm just saying I'd be like, yes, I want to do good. And I trust you, old guy from Naboo I've known for 12 years, 10 years now. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's another great point of he he is their leader who helped save them, right? Yeah. He helped save them from the horrible uh, Trade Federation invasion. Um, Yeah, I think that this is this whole part of Attack the Clones, what Jar Jar represents here. uh, I think he represents not only, you know, Palpatine's manipulation and his uh, the evil of being able to manipulate someone's kindness and well intentions, uh, good intentions. But I think he's also like a, this is an argument for, hey, before you uh, retweet that, read the whole article <laughs> and know exactly what you're supporting because people want to trick you. Everybody wants to trick you. They want you to say what, not, everybody wants to trick you. Many people want to trick you, right? They want you to just read the headline, think you know exactly what you're supporting and click go. And this lesson from Jar Jar says, Let's let's back it up, Delafell gets. I did not expect you to say that George Lucas was teaching us of uh, clickbait and fake news articles. You, <laughs> I, I did not expect that, and it's genius there because I think you're right. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, we can learn so much from Jar Jar. Uh, so we move on from Attack the Clones, and Jar Jar has uh, actually quite a lot of adventures in the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, it, there's definitely more early on, but he does have some as the show uh, goes on, and there's definitely a lot of what I would say classic Phantom Menace Jar Jar of, uh, you know, dripping and falling and yelling and being dangerously clumsy. Uh, here's just a few of the adventures that he has, though. Uh, he helps distract some uh, politicians with a uh, juggling at one point uh he pretends to be a jedi on rhodia in a desperate attempt to save padme's life uh he pretends to be the new gungan ruler to ease tensions between them and the naboo 
and he uh, helps uh, Tarples attempt to capture General Grievous and actually do successfully capture Grievous and in the process has to watch his old friend Tarples die. And then towards the end of the uh, animated series, uh, he goes with Mace Windu and he saves uh, this person that he has a relationship with, the Bardotan Queen Julia and uh, the Force-sensitive Dagoan Masters. He saves them all from being uh, manipulated and uh, basically destroyed by Mother Talzin. So a uh, pretty full full uh, war career there for mm-hmm. our Gungan hero. Do you have a favorite of these Clone Wars adventures? Do they stick with you? What are your feelings? Uh, the, the, the Grievous Tarples one is, is darn good, but I, I do enjoy the one, and it is it's fresher in all of our minds, but the, the Mace and Jar Jar, because, you know, if you're looking at the board in front of you of, all right, who... <laughs> Who can we pair Jar Jar with that would be uh, just inherently full of conflict? Hey, Mace is a pretty serious guy, um, and it plays so well. But then the fact that big, powerful, purple lightsaber-wielding Mace gets there, and they're all kind of like, you know, Queen Julia's kind of like, that's nice. We're going to be dealing with Jar Jar, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing a, few, a lot of the beats. But I, I just really like that, and it does stand out. Yeah, yeah. For me, it feels like when you look at all of this in order, in if, if, big if, if Lucas really did make the choice to back off of, you know, going, uh, you know, 100% all in on, on Jar Jar as a uh, tripping, falling comedy machine, it's interesting that in the Clone Wars, you know, he went back and kind of reclaimed some of that. Yeah. Uh, and in this, that final arc, and again, that that's in that, you know, season six, which was shortened uh, yeah. in this was a priority for Lucas to tell apparently um, to have those two episodes in it. And that the whole thing is set up in a way that uh, reiterates some of the themes from the Phantom Menace about the Jedi's view of mm-hmm. Jar Jar. And everybody seems to kind of be aware, like, Oh boy, uh, he can, he can be a lot. Uh, we got to be <laughs> careful with this guy, but he is an important person. He's absolutely needed. Queen Julia wants to talk to him. They, you know, they're upset with the Jedi, the way the Jedi uh, raised um, some of the Bardotans uh, and took them away, upset them. And so Jar Jar is absolutely, he's absolutely needed. And there is great tension between Mace Windu being like having great grumbly comedy moments that become meta because mm-hmm. there are the, oh gosh, the super seriousness of Mace Windu combined with the super comedy of Jar Jar is funny, but it also reiterates those themes of everyone is important in of anybody who should believe that it's the Jedi. Yeah. And, and having to realize that uh, there's an audience out there for everything, right. In star Wars, but also for this. And, and uh, uh, there's a little bit of a humble pie served to Mace in this moment in the Jedi, but yeah. Yeah. Do any of these Clone Wars stories, any of these adventures that he finds himself in, do they change your overall opinion or picture of Jar Jar? I think at the time it did, because remember, you know, we, we were coming out of a, an era where, you know, the prequels were behind us and, and you, we all had some strong opinions on that. And this is around the time of the explosion of, of YouTube. And now you can uh, make your uh, prequel suck videos or what if they didn't suck videos. Uh, and this is um, in direct opposition of that in a lot of ways. And it you could choose Clone Wars is big enough as a series that you can jump around a bit. And and say there's certain things, you know, the Tamsons and the Mieber Gascons and all those things. But it, it, you cannot enjoy those episodes, but someone else will. And someone else can, can get to them. And that can help. Uh, that, the, going back to me not telling my seven-year-old cousin that 
you know, uh, you're wrong. Jojo sucks. You, you, you have to be able to, to force yourself, you know, if you want, uh, force is a strong word, but, um, to look at him, to, to revisit him. Yeah. It was, if as George was saying, and the Clone Wars team, he's a part of this. Whether you want it or not, he is a part of this and has a place in it. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, I think when I string all of his adventures together, I just really appreciate the story of his bravery. He, again, outside of having some clumsy superpowers, he is not trained (laughs) for what is being asked of him. And again and again, he stands up. You know, he pretends to be a Jedi and is in terrible physical danger. Uh, He has to be alone in a room. (laughs) <laughs> with Grievous pretending to be somebody he's not pretending he's in league with Grievous like again and again he puts himself in just horrific physical danger out of nothing but a good heart and bravery and it's it's just a nice message yeah steady steady now steady. George gonna be uh so we're gonna uh, have a sort of different question here for you along these lines about just the nature of Jar Jar's comedy um a lot of it comes either from being clumsy or in absolute terror for his life. Uh, do you have a preference? Uh, yeah, absolute terror for his life. That's a real feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I've uh, I've been in some hairy situations in my life, but I don't know what I'm going to do on the back of a cart full of boomers. I don't know. <laughs> and it, uh, you know, and if I grab on and and, and end up pulling the, them down, am I clumsy or is I just trying to save myself? Because <laughs> craziness, war was happening around me. Um, a little column A, a little column B, but yeah, I'll take I'll take the terror for his life. That that's where a lot of it comes from, and that he's he's he has that terror because he's in situations that maybe he's not prepared for, but he's willing to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just what I really like. I mean, some of the clumsy stuff, it works for me, you know, especially as just sort of an introduction to some kind of just straightforward traditional beats of comedy, an EOP farting in your face. Hey, you got to see it somewhere. Why not in Star Wars? Um, But there's something to me that is just so classic about the comic figure up against the dark, horrific figure. It's like, to me, it's the comedy of like Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because they have no business uh, dealing with these horrific monsters of terror. And that's where the comedy of those things come from. And that's, I, it, it feels like this is uh, both terrifying and a little comedy movie called, you know, uh, Jar Jar meets General Grievous. <laughs> <laughs> so, love the comedy of terror. Uh, with that, we will move on to Jar Jar's brief appearance in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, he basically just is... Uh, In a couple scenes, uh, he excuses himself when he bumps into someone uh, (laughs) right at the beginning when uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan land from rescuing Palpatine. Uh, We see him uh, pop up a couple other places, uh, and then we see him uh, mournful at Padme's funeral. How do you feel about how little we see Jar Jar, and would you have liked to see more? And and if so, what? Yeah, it might be a little dark. But I bet you'd be touching uh, uh, a final deathbed, standing by the deathbed of Padme scene, sharing a moment and thanking her and and paying respects to her. But but um, you know to, to what they went through together, I bet it'd be a good moment. I bet it'd be a good companion piece to the use use the same people are gonna die moment. Uh, I really think it would. It'd be sad. I think it would. I think it would do some tears. Um, and then I don't know how this would play out, but if uh, you know things are happening fast, but. Because of the attack of the clones, 
and that happiness and their connection. Is there any way Obi-Wan's like, hey, Charger, I need you to do me a favor. <laughs> Anakin is making some choices that might not be the best. You have a connection to him as well. Do you mind talking to him? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's a terrifying thought, right? Uh, yeah. You know, and from back in the day when when people felt even stronger about Jar Jar, and plenty of jokes about the the horrific things that might happen if Jar Jar encountered Vader. Uh, but yeah, there, but there's there's a legitimacy to that. Of I feel like the story of the Clone Wars animated series, in a lot of way, ends up being, hey, let's let's put a uh, uh, Padawan with Anakin and see if he can master caring about somebody and letting go, and then Obi Wan's really realizing at the end, like. I don't know if I can get through to Anakin and give him what he needs, but I bet Ahsoka can. It's not that far of a leap to go. Mm. Who who else is somebody in his life that reminds him of of who he used to be, of his innocence and you know his kindness? You know, I think I, uh, if handled right, it, it could be really interesting. I mean, I'm telling you, this is why again the the, the swords uh, uh, Ben is this Bandim or Bandow? The swords. Uh, I think it's Bandim. Bandim, the young Jedi Anakin kills become a punchline, become a joke. You can't. That is that is literally him looking at at who he was as a kid and killing that. You know, it's yeah. brutal. It's brutal. It's an intentional choice to me. Um, so if if Jar Jar could get between that, you know, I, I it's not it's not a it's not a stretch for Obi Wan to be like, hey, you knew him then. You knew, you knew Japor snippet Anakin. Can you go talk to him? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You knew yippee Anakin. Come on. Yeah. Now, now I'm picturing a whole Anakin intervention, but uh, the fates <laughs> yeah. are not going to allow that, sadly. <laughs> yeah, sadly. I, I'm sorry. I could do, I, yeah. yeah. It makes me think of Zori and Poe and, and Oscar Isaac say like, hey, there's something about someone from your past who shows up who really knows the real you. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, um, it wouldn't have worked. Anakin would have still turned, but... Yeah. Oh, no, no. Anakin would have... It would have been horrific. <laughs> Imagine yes. if that... Palpatine, I'm going to not join you. Why? I hung out with my friend Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine the alternate version where uh, where Jar Jar is, uh, you know, in the speeder with Bail Organa? <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, so sad. Um I but I am with you. I would have I would have taken a little bit. It would have been hard uh, because Revenge of the Sith, Sith is already a a dark film. But I would have taken. Well, how do, how does a kind, caring person uh, being like Jar Jar cope in a war? You know, yeah, we yeah. got the beginning of it in Attack of the Clones where it feels very like we need to defend ourselves. Let's rally around the cause. Yay. Um, in the the tricking into the voting because it feels like you're defending yourself, um, but everybody is ground down in Revenge of the Sith in the endless horrors of war, and just seeing how poor Jar Jar is coping with that, just like a beat of reflection somewhere of how he is coping with all of this sadness. I like that. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I feel sorry for Jar Jar, but yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. I mean, and this is maybe why there isn't more Jar Jar in Revenge yeah. of the Sith because. Yeah, we're not a lot of options for fun moments. We're not pitching happiness. <laughs> we are not oh, pitching yeah. happiness. And yeah. speaking of that, we jump forward to Jar Jar's appearance in uh, the final book in the Aftermath trilogy. Of course, those books have a bunch of uh, interludes showing us different characters. And we see uh, a scene with Jar Jar. Jar Jar, he is exiled and despised uh, for his role in giving Palpatine power after the Empire has fallen. And uh, he is on Naboo. He is 
uh, a clown on the streets uh, just trying to entertain people. Uh, people, it said people don't even like to say his name. Uh, and he ends up befriending a scarred refugee boy named Mappo uh, and agrees, uh, entertains this boy uh, when nobody else wants to uh, talk to this uh, poor refugee boy. And uh, Mappo enjoys the comedy and Jar Jar agrees to teach him how to be a clown. And they kind of find uh, a little bit of uh, peace with one another. So I know that you and I both like this, but why? Ken, why do you like this scene so much? I mean, like is a, is a, is a, like, I don't love moved. I don't know. Choose, choose your own adventure here, Joseph. I, <laughs> I was really moved. I, I think um, Chuck Wendig just, I love that he was like, what is the one character that I will find the most difficulty in, in getting to be accepted by people? And I'm going to run right towards it. Uh, he makes Malakili uh, have layers I never would have thought, right? He does, and so he goes at, at Jar Jar, and it is, it is nothing short of meta. It's nothing short. I remember talk about the journey of of my personal, um, you know, changing my point of view and and how I view Jar Jar. It's been along the way from that moment in '99, early 2000, with my cousin to hearing uh, uh, what Ahmed Best went through personally. I mean, how can you not listen to that and be like, yeah, I'm going to slow my Jar Jar insults today, right? You right. know, that's, that's real world, you know, suicide moment type of situation. That's power. So there's all that. But then this comes along and I, I remember finishing it and not moving right on. I just, I absolutely took a moment to kind of look out of a, an emotional window and take a breath. Um and how powerful it was to see that the Jar Jar is, is shunned and all the, and again, it's super meta. Uh, they think I might've, you know, it touches on Darth Jar Jar theories. It touches on him giving the powers to Palpatine and everyone, his own people turn the back and, and it's, and it's the children who are there and the children who give them purpose. And when you see Ahmed best standing in front of young kids on the Jedi temple challenge, this is what that is. And how can you not be affected by it? It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I think it is great because it is very meta. And, and I think because of the nature of Jar Jar, because of the nature of the huge public reaction to him, it, it can be hard to uh, talk about Jar Jar without it taking on some meta level. And I really did like that it celebrated what is good and pure about Jar Jar is that he is this uh, being that wants to share joy, wants to share kindness, wants to do what is right, makes mistakes, you know, gets manipulated and is still just out there trying to be joyful in the face of anger and in the face of cynicism. Uh, and yep, it's real meta, but to take that and put that in the real world and celebrate specifically the mm -hmm. core and vital and good characteristics of Jar Jar and what he symbolizes, I thought was great. It's, it's sad. Uh, and it doesn't back away from the sadness of it, uh, to have him be this, this tragic clown. Uh, but it feels really honest to the character. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. It is, it is. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a real story that stands on its own, even without the meta stuff, but it, it yeah, but it's, it's a piece of poetry, man. And I stand. Yeah. What does it tell you about 
we talked about it really kind of from Jar Jar's uh, perspective and in the meta-ness of Jar Jar, but what does that tell you about the state of the galaxy, about uh, cruelty and hope in, uh, in the galaxy and on Naboo in this time right after the Empire has fallen? I, I, to, me, it's, it's, um, to me, it's that this cruelty and, uh, and hope live and coincide next to each other, unfortunately on a daily basis and hopefully you could find the hope and find the hope in bad situations. I mean, this, this, this Mapo uh, kid is, is a, is a, like you said, a scarred refugee boy. And he's one of many who sit around waiting to kind of be either adopted, picked up or helped, or just continue to be rejected. It, it's, 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 it's a dark thing. It's a dark thing. And, and, and it's this reality of this crazy fun space fantasy adventure we love. But I love it when it, when Star Wars touches upon that stuff. And then Jar Jar, like you said, continues to find the hope in it. And, and it's, it's a comment on the galaxy and maybe even coming on the world. Uh, it is all there. The dark, the light. Um, you can, number one, choose to go towards the light, choose to make the choice to be better, but also uh, continue to find the hope in the face of cruelty. Yeah, and I think that's uh that's really great. I, I like the story that, you know, after years of living under, you know, we don't know exactly what horrors uh on Naboo specifically under the empire um that people have maybe lost their capacity uh for having as much kindness, you know? Yeah. Um which I think is really telling and it gets that idea that well, people are always going to struggle to understand Jar Jar, which is kind of meta. But the yeah. thing that that I think really grabs me is this idea that um, people are often going to struggle to see the value of joy and silliness because it's one thing that they blame him and they shunned him. It's another that he is out there on the street juggling and doing bits. And, you know, the adults are kind of walking by going, God, he's still there. He's that still guy's there. still there. But the, the, the kids, the maybe some other adults who need that little bit of joy and levity that, that he's still out there trying to provide that, you know, I think it is that there's so much about Jar Jar that could be corny and could be like, yeah, we get it. There's a light flickering in the darkness, hope, kindness, empathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, on, uh, I was guilty of when I was uh, younger and seeing Phantom Menace for the first time. But because those things can be so easily swept aside is why we have to fight for them and what gives them value to me. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, you're speaking to me, man. You're speaking to me because, because this is, this is what that, when we say that little uh, interlude from Wendig is, is meta, it's meta in so many different levels and it's speaking to all of us. And, um, uh, it's not just about what you want in your Star Wars, dark and gritty versus that. It, it's it's being being able to see the value in every piece of it for everyone else, and that all these people that aren't you. We talk about the generational entry points in the Star Wars and all the value of that and passing it on, and it's all there. And then, in keeping with the conversation, I clumsily drop my Jar Jar on my soundboard <laughs> <laughs> during your serious point. So comes in all around. <laughs> it's a superpower. It is yeah. a superpower. Uh, we're going to move on uh, to a few more Jar Jar talking points as we begin to wrap up. How do you feel about the Darth Jar Jar theory at this point? I I I always I always love a good theory like that. Just uh, the, that are the ones that are like so completely fan made 
uh, that they can have a, they're so well constructed, there can always be a level of truth. It's like a good conspiracy theory. All right. You're going to start <laughs> finding dots that aren't there. But I like that. But again, I like that when they kind of plays with it there, I never fully was on board with it. Uh, it just, it would, um, it just, yeah, it just would be counterintuitive to the stuff George would want to put in Star Wars, but it's, it's definitely fun to think about. Yeah, I think it's I think it's really funny because it is that contrast between the nicest, kindest character uh, versus the most <laughs> vicious and selfish character. And I do think it's funny that like, yeah, actually, some of the supporting evidence like, yeah, I can see an interpretation that works that way, which just makes it like very entertaining and, and funny to me. It is not a it's not a conspiracy theory. I, I agree with uh, I do not yeah. think uh, Jar Jar is a Darth. Do you want to see more tales of Jar Jar? And if so, when in his timeline, what kind of stories would you want to see? So I want to go to the rumored one that uh, is 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 just a rumor. The bearded Jar Jar appearing in Kenobi, right? Which even if it was true at one point, who knows that that show has gone through some script changes maybe, right? We don't know. But let's just go to that one. I've, been think- I've thought about that one a lot. And the idea... I don't know the exact words that would be said, but the idea of what we touched upon earlier of Obi-Wan and the Phantom Menace kind of representing a, a certain generation of Star Wars fan who did not get it, who did not appreciate, uh, who did not have, you know, did not have the the strength to kind of say, this part isn't for me, it's for you, but I can concentrate on mine. We're all Obi-Wan, this pathetic life form. What happens when that pathetic life form years later has a face-to-face with Obi-Wan, and Obi-Wan has a different perspective and has learned so much. Uh, what could be learned from that conversation? What could be gained from it? Um, uh, what, what, what apology would make Jar Jar feel better? And would Jar Jar even need it? Because uh, his character might be, everything we talked about here, might just be like, no, nah, I, I don't, you don't need my forgiveness because you, you've always had it. Uh, I'm okay, you know? Um, I think there could be a real interesting a meta as well but because like you said it's hard to avoid that with jar jar um but i think there could be value i don't know beyond that what again i don't know the individual moments and dialogue bits that i want but i i think there could be something there yeah that's very fascinating i am so intrigued by that wild rumor of uh, uh, (laughs) a bearded jar jar appears somewhere (laughs) somehow uh, and you could really tap into some of that that connection to young Anakin that we talked about. Mm-hmm. That that could be fascinating. I think uh, I would love to see you know how Jar Jar is faring during the Empire. How long he stays uh, in the Senate, or you know, is there any sort of a uh, rebel spark on Naboo? Does he try to join a rebel cell? Does it not go well for him? Uh, that kind of stuff. But I'm I want old man Jar Jar. I want him to. Uh, get off of uh, Naboo with this kid, uh, Mappo, and uh, and go on an adventure. And it would be fun to see Jar Jar in that light where he has, you know, he's the master and he has this comedy Padawan and he's trying to protect him and, and show him the world. That would be a different side of Jar Jar. Old man Jar Jar. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what also could be that? What, what if he's sitting around one day and, and, and Leia sends a message? Could you come talk to me? You knew my mother. You connected with my mother, my real mother. Tell me about it. Could that conversation happen? I know not a lot of people know. Not a lot of people are going to, you know, she's not going to trust a lot of people that information. It's a total headcanon conversation. This is even after Endor. We're talking after Endor. Um, New Republic started up and just her pouring some some Alderanian wine 
Jar Jar, what do you drink? I'll get it for you. Could you tell me about my mother? I think that's yes. I would, yeah, I would uh, go to great lengths for basically just the uh, the podcast yeah. <laughs> of Leia interviewing Jar Jar about Padme. Uh, that's brilliant. You got go podcast, as you would say, Ken. Um, if we wanted to apply any life lessons from Jar Jar to the real world, what would they be? I, I feel like we've we've talked about a lot, but what what's your sort of summary? What does uh, Jar Jar help you with in the world? I think finding uh, the courage to be in positions that you might normally be uncomfortable with, but finding purpose in that. And we talked about finding the joy, but also um, despite, uh, you know, I don't despite despite in any way, any, despite the way the world might teach you just to approach everyone with an open heart and a happy heart. And, uh, you know, hello boyos is a pretty good theme to carry through life and i'm okay with that there and um and don't forget the generation that comes behind you that's i yeah. think part of the outside the story relevance of jar jar but i'll, I'll take that and t- put it in my life too yeah yeah i think uh, i think you summed it up really well um i think for me it is really just just give everyone you meet a chance and in you know don't make those snap judgments but try to understand who they are where they're coming from uh, I think that's a great Jar Jar lesson. And I think another thing is uh, comedy in particular, but it can go with many other things in storytelling or pop culture of taking that beat to go, is that bad or is it just not for me? And right. is something that isn't for me right now, maybe is that really, really for someone else and giving someone else great joy is a, a great uh, thing to be reminded of by good old Jar Jar Binks. Final question here. Jar Jar can join you for a fun weekend in the real world. What do you do with Jar Jar? <laughs> uh, 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 definitely, we're going. Uh, we're definitely going like bowling. Um, no, um, <laughs> I gotta think Jar Jar. I like going to theme parks, man. Right, and I'm I'm, I'm a Disney fan. I, I like them. I, I like this uh, because I just like attaching to that pure joy. You can't tell me Jar Jar. I'm not even talking about Galaxy's Edge. I'm just talking about, you think Jar Jar wouldn't have a lot of fun? He'd be like, oh, where's this tram going? Uh, to the parking garage. Yes! Like, he just brings <laughs> joy uh, to to a trip like that, and I'd be on board. Yeah, yeah, I think that's very, very good. Um, I was going to say, uh, just just to get a, get him sitting down and give me his whole oral history of his life, because I think he is a good storyteller. I think he's got, you know, funny, uh, good turns of phrase. Like, uh, you know, I, I would basically want to record his autobiography of Long Otello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm also tempted to just say, let's take Jar Jar to Vegas, right? I mean... Ooh. Just think of like uh, the amount of chaos he could get into. He could entertain people on streets. He could knock. He would knock one drink over. It would fly. It would hit somebody's dice, and they would suddenly uh, hit somebody else behind him. And you know, pull tab coins would come flying out. He would. He would win so much money. We, oh yeah, he would. He would. It also. <laughs> also did go dark. Um, one of my earlier trips to Vegas, I went with one of my friends who, uh, you know, he's, he's smart, very smart dude. Just, uh, you know, not super worldly. It is our first trip to Vegas. We came out of a Ruth Chris and a lady came up to him. She was <laughs> of a certain profession and started talking to him. And we were like, hey, get in the uh, get in the limo, get in the limo. And, and we had to pull him away. And he's like, oh, man, I think she really liked me. We're like, yes, she did. Let us explain something to you. Uh, I, I think that'd be Jar Jar as well. Just bright eyes, big city. 
Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Needs to judge our banks. Like, uh huh. Yep. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yep. <laughs> Let's go to Canto Bite with Jar Jar Binks. Canto Bite with Binks. That's going to happen. I think it is absolutely going to happen. When we get to that that book that's the 40-year the anniversary of uh, Last Jedi, we'll find out yeah. that Jar Jar was there at the same time as Finn and Rose. Um, as we, We're wrapping up here, but I, I did, uh, did want to take a moment. We really talked about the character of Jar Jar and the, uh, the ideas and themes that he supports, but... Uh, None of that is possible without George Lucas writing, of course, and all the other people involved in Clone Wars. But it's really, really not possible without Ahmad Best, right? And that's part of the reason we wanted to do this episode is whatever you thought of Jar Jar back then, whatever you think of Jar Jar now, he gives an amazing performance. He uses all of his uh, talents as a, a physical performer and a physical comedian, and he is just imbuing the character with all that kindness, heart, and empathy. Yeah, uh, and that's been a big part of um, my Star Wars fandom recently, and for a while, my heart my heart broke reading those stories. Um, I, I wasn't, you know, I was part of it. I wasn't directly part of it, right? You know, I wasn't on Twitter saying, you know, die, I'm going to die, you know, or any horrible thing like that. But I was part of that generation that that did not embrace the character and then had no problem turning that on to him. Hopefully we've all learned. Hopefully we've all learned about bullying and social media. I think we've still got a long way to go, but that's a different, different statement. I, I just think Ahmed Best right now represents what you and I have just been talking about. This horrible, sometimes tragic mix uh, uh, but bittersweet mix of cruelty and hope. He has every reason to be like, I never want to hear the words Star Wars again. I never want to be part of this. I never want to step by uh, in a convention. Uh, no, it almost took my life. No, he has uh, worked through that. I'm sure we know it wasn't easy. He's worked through that to reconnect with the hope and reconnect with what George Lucas told him 20 years ago. Don't worry. This has its audience and they're going to find you. And it's going to find that audience time and time again. And that proved out to prove to be true. And uh, one of my favorite images of Star Wars Celebration Chicago was on, uh, I think he posted on Instagram um, where he was to, you know, we we were there at the panel when he came back and he got it of stand ovations. Great. But he was just walking the streets of Chicago and saw some girls. And one of them, I know at least one of them had a Jar Jar shirt on and he said, nice shirt. And then they, thanks. And then they realized it was him and he took a photo I and they're and they're older, right? They're in that generation. I can't you if you had told Ahmed Best in in two thousand two or three, here's what's going to happen to you seventeen years from now or so. I don't know if he would have believed it, but he stuck it out and he's chosen to come back. And uh, I just love him for it. I love him for it. Yeah, yeah, extremely well said, and it is a great story of bravery and hope. So I think uh, Mod Best's story does match Jar Jar Binks' story very well. So that is our big look at Jar Jar Binks, and we're going to move on to our plugs. Here's all the places that you can find us. We are on Twitter at Four Center Pod. On Facebook, our page is Four Center Podcast. You can find our podcast on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the places that you find podcasts. We have merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. And you can support us on patreon.com slash Four Center. Uh, we always want to thank all the patrons who are there for not only supporting us, but 
for building up a community and for letting us know what you want to hear about and letting us know uh, your thoughts and your adventures through hard times and joyful times. It's been a great experience. So thanks everyone for joining us there. If you're interested, you can go to patreon.com slash four center. Ken, we got some stuff going on uh, ourselves in the world. Where can people find you in your adventures? Hey, head to catnapsock.com to, to link out to anything I do. I am uh, still planning to launch my baseball podcast, Box Score Heroes. Um, it's a uh, real world makes it kind of tough to launch a fun, silly look at baseball, but also the sports world with no baseball, but potentially no baseball this year at all uh, with the lockdown and the, and the drama that's unfolded out of that. So stay tuned for that. I'll have those announcements. But just go to catnapsock.com. I do uh, have a link to a charity spotlight page, uh, some charities of choice recommended either by me, friends, or uh, patrons. Go there as well. I'm highlighting uh, uh, Maddie's Pride Project right now, which uh, directly benefits the Trevor Project. And also on there, we're talking about children. Joseph, uh, there's one in there uh, su- suggested by my pal Michelle Boyd, Magic Wheelchair. She does some work with them. The uh, mission of that, that company is to uh, give kids in wheelchairs an unforgettable experience by creating custom costumes for them. And they do some great stuff at conventions. Um, and so even though we don't have that right now, don't forget about those kind of organizations. The links are on the page. That is all great. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can check out all my other comedy and podcast adventures on my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Uh, and a, a service, a thing that you can do that I want to highlight is a thing called Vote Forward. It's something that I'm doing. Uh, the website is votefwd.org. And what it is, is you uh, print out just kind of basic form letters encouraging people to vote. And you put a little... Uh, private message that you want and sign it and you send it uh, to them. And you, you basically, uh, in order to do this, you go on the website and you just reserve some people and you send them to it. And uh, you, there, there's nothing about which party or any party. It's just encouraging people to really use the power that we have in America and use our voices and go out and vote. And it's uh, something that I've been doing to make me feel like I am I'm being proactive and reaching out and encouraging people to use the power that they have in the way they see fit. That is great. And, and learn from Jar Jar. Uh, vote now, but research it too. But I think that's really <laughs> great, Joseph, that uh, uh, you're highlighting that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It, it uses your actual, uh, you know, handwriting skills and hopefully <laughs> is uh, is helping the world. So that is it for myself, uh, for Ken and of course, for Jar Jar Binks. We are going to blissfully, comically trip our way out of this podcast. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.